The GameStop rebellion has the machine shook. They're scared. The hedge funds are set to lose a lot of money, and people are starting to realize that this goes well beyond just buying stock in GameStop. Recently, Mark Cuban held an AMA, an Ask Me Anything session on Reddit, where he ultimately told the Wall Street Bets Redditors, now 8.2 plus million, to hold the GameStop stock, even though the price has been tanking dramatically. You see, those on Wall Street bets are saying this is called a short ladder attack. Essentially, the the hedge funds are manipulating the stock, trading between each other to drive the price down so that it appears as though the stock is valueless. People panic and then they sell or to force margin calls, forcing people to deposit more money when they buy stock on margin or to force brokers to pull those stocks and sell them automatically. Seems like it's a nefarious tactic because the machine is scared. Now, what happened when we saw the rise of meme power on the Internet when it got Donald Trump elected? They claimed it was fascism. And these people who supported Trump were evil and far right. And you know, that worked for a lot of people. A lot of people on the left hated Donald Trump and bought into that narrative. And people who used to support free speech all of a sudden were just lining up right behind the establishment media and pushing their line. Well, this new issue, it's not partisan. The media is now trying a a multitude of attacks. We saw over the past week them claiming or the past several days that Reddit was telling everyone to buy silver, but it was just outright not true. Shockingly brazen in the lies coming from the media. One of my favorite instances is this image I'm showing you right now on the screen. It's from Bloomberg and it says retail traders lose interest in GameStop, even though there's 8.26 million readers on Wall Street bets, many of whom are saying, hold your shares of GameStop and buy more. Since then, one one person posted they were buying another million dollars worth of the stock. The media is lying. Now, here's the problem. We can see the lies. It has never been more obvious to anyone. With Donald Trump, you had people who hated the guy, and it was really easy to create that culture war partisan divide. Well, nobody likes Wall Street, right? For the most part. So now it's really easy for regular people to see through this. The normal lies won't work. But we're now seeing a new attempt to derail this mass movement and and the rising up of regular people in general, be it left populists or right populists. First, we're seeing an article from The Nation where they're trying to make it seem like Wall Street bets are a bunch of far right racist bigots, etc. It's a lie, an outright lie. They've already tried at Financial Times calling Wall Street bets alt right. It's not true. When you've got Crystal Ball, she's the host of uh, of the show Rising on the Hill. She's a progressive laughing and cheering this on. When you have Rashida Tlaib cheering it on, the, the smear of far right will not work, but they're trying anyway. But the bigger story here is how the machine is a churning. The New York Times calling on the Biden administration to create a reality czar. That's right. A ministry of truth, as it were. Yeah, from 1984. Do we really need the government to create a czar that will tell us what is true and what isn't? And why should we trust the government anyway? Now, don't get me wrong. There are a lot of scammers that would lie to you to get you to buy, say, silver. But these are the people in the media. The media was the one tricking you into buying shares of SLV, saying Reddit told you to do it and wanted everyone to do it. But when you go to the actual Wall Street bets Reddit, nobody was saying to do this. They were saying the opposite. It's a scam. 
even r slash stocks, which is a more irregular uh, stock investment platform. Wall Street bets is kind of crazy. They're like, it's a casino, make crazy bets. No, r slash stocks is more, you know, calm and rational investing. And they said, this is misinformation and it's everywhere. And it was the number two post on all of Reddit. The media is lying and we can see it. So now they're going to the extremes. They're going to try and claim that Wall Street bets is super far right and far for, you know, 4chan, white supremacist, all that stuff going really hard. And then they're going to say, Joe Biden, please send the government to intervene with the realities are. Well, let's read exactly what's going on with this story from the New York Times. And before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member. My friends, more and more people are getting banned. I just saw a couple of uh, lefties. Left wing channels got axed as well because they're also calling out the system in ways the establishment doesn't like. Now, we can rag and, and many of us have on the I guess we can say I told you so to many of these leftists, those who were cheering on the censorship of the far right, because now now they're getting banned. But this this just means the cliffs are eroding ever further. And it's very likely that when I call out the media and their lies, well, the reason The New York Times is saying we should have a reality czar is because of channels like mine. I'm not particularly opinionated when it comes to policy, not pretty, I'm not far right or far left, kind of just moderate. And that's the biggest threat. A rational, normal, milk toast individual calling out their lies and showing you the evidence. That's why they need a reality czar. When the media coordinates a smear campaign claiming that retail investors lose interest in GameStop, well, that would work if it weren't for channels like this and many others. And that's why I am concerned eventually they'll nuke this channel, which is why I'm saying go to TimCast.com, become a member and get access to exclusive members only content. It is the shield that in the event we get suspended, banned or removed, I will still exist in some platform or another, though they'll still be happy to have removed me because my reach will have dramatically decreased. But at least I will still be able to do my job. So again, don't forget to share like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Let's read from the New York Times how the Biden administration can help solve our reality crisis. These steps, experts say, could prod more people to abandon the scourge of hoaxes and lies. So from our good friend, Kevin Roos, who I've talked about quite a bit, this guy, uh, in my opinion, has written a whole lot of fake news. And I got to tell you, I know the guy personally, and I believe that he it's not a journalist. He's not. He's not a journalist. Uh, the, the the dude flat out told me in the past not to report stories because there was unethical behavior going on at the outlet we worked at Fusion, and he didn't want to get called out for it. That being said, let's read what he says. He writes: Last month, millions of Americans watched as President Biden took the oath of office, and in a high-minded inaugural address, called for a new era of American unity. But plenty of other Americans weren't paying attention to Mr. Biden's speech. They were too busy watching YouTube videos alleging that the inauguration was a pre-recorded hoax that had been filmed on a Hollywood soundstage. Okay, I'll agree with the guy on this one. That's insane. All right. Or they were melting down in QAnon group chats trying to figure out why the former president wasn't interrupting Biden's speech to declare martial law. Yeah, sorry. The QAnon stuff is all pretty much nonsense. Or maybe their TVs were turned to OAN where an anchor was floating the baseless theory that Mr. Biden wasn't actually elected by the people. Once again, I think all of that stuff is just a waste of time. It's outlandish. And, you, and, and I'll agree with, with Mr. Roos to that extent. But I don't believe the answer is mass censorship. I believe that's the excuse. The amount of people that believe the QAnon stuff is not a whole lot. It's a small group. 
When you look at the prominent figures on Twitter who are who are who have millions of followers and have, uh, you know, and are conservative, they're telling you and they've been telling you the Q stuff is fake. So why is the New York Times focusing on the fringe minority of conspiracy theorists? It's their opportunity to paint all of the right as crazy to justify a reality czar. He goes on to say hoaxes, lies, collective delusions aren't new, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. The muddled chaotic information ecosystem that produces these misguided beliefs doesn't just jeopardize some lofty ideal of national unity. It actively exacerbates our biggest national problems. Now, I'll tell you this. If we only had one news outlet, well, for the most part, the country would be unified. One would probably be too few because people just wouldn't trust it. But if you had just a couple like things used to be, people pretty much understood much of the same things because they trusted the news and believed for the most part what they were hearing. Well, now we have the internet and we have mass communications. So you can't play that game. Now we need to have honesty and integrity, not manipulation. The problem is the mainstream media seeks to manipulate you, and I'll prove it. First, let me show you what he says. Assess the damage and avoid the terrorist trap. The experts agreed that before the Biden administration can tackle disinformation and extremism, it needs to understand the scope of the problem. Let me make sure I have the, uh, uh, the right point. Uh, here we go. Check it out. So how can they solve that problem? Appoint a reality czar. Several experts I spoke with recommended that the Biden administration put together a cross-agency task force to tackle disinformation and domestic extremism, which would be led by something like a reality czar. It sounds a little dystopian, I'll grant, but let's hear them out. Let, let, me, let me stop you right there. It sounds dystopian because it is dystopian. And no, let's not hear them out. We understand the idea they're putting forward. And now you're going to try and argue in favor of what you admittedly say is dystopian. Nah, I'm not interested. Listen, I'll entertain any argument, but not if, but I'm not. Go, I'll, I'll listen to the, to the argument. I've listened to people talk about the benefits of authoritarianism. And then I say it's too bad. It won't work in the end. And it defies all logic. You know what I've heard? There's a really good point. Our realities are it'd be great, right? Because then you just shut down all the fake news and everyone believes the same thing. If only people worked that way, people will not trust them no matter what. There are people that accuse me of being a shill and think I'm secretly working for the establishment. They believe what they want to believe. You can't force people to believe things. Our realities are would not solve anything. The idea of having a task force that comes together and tries to tell people what is true is pointless. There's already a press secretary telling you things. And no, for the most part, we don't trust the government anyway. Most people don't. And I'll tell you who they really don't trust. Trust in media hits new low. And this is just from a couple of weeks ago. Look at that. Percentage of Americans who trust national media is now at 46%. This is why they're calling for realities are. They want to tell you what to think. He says, Right now, these experts said the federal government's response to, dis to disinformation and domestic extremism, you see how they mix those together, is haphazard and spread across multiple agencies. Rene DiResta, a disinformation researcher at Stanford's Internet Observatory, gave an example of two seemingly unrelated problems, misinformation about COVID-19 and election fraud. Often, she said, the same people and groups are responsible for spreading both types. So instead of two parallel processes, one at the center of you know, uh, the CDC, and one at uh, the FEC trying to correct voting misinformation, a centralized task force could coordinate a single strategic response. If each of them are doing it distinctly and independently, you run the risk of missing connections, blah, blah, blah. Audit the algorithms. I'm actually in favor of this. I'm in favor of like no algorithms or just getting rid of them. 
He goes on to say, several experts recommend the Biden administration push for much more transparency into the inner workings of the black box algorithm algorithms that Twitter, Facebook, YouTube and other major platforms use to rank feeds. Well, I'll tell you this. The problem there is that if people know how the algorithms work, they manipulate the algorithms and then it would get worse. But let me just stop. You get the point. I'm not going to read through everything he has to say about his realities are. I want to show you the paradox, the paradoxical politics of the GameStop pump. I want to show you how the media is going to try and trick you into supporting the hedge funds. And then when this story comes out and it's and it's complete BS, I can prove it very simply by just looking at the article. A lot of people will just read the headline. They'll believe that those at Wall Street bets who are buying this stock are evil, far right, alt right, etc. They're not. But that's the name of the game. When the media comes out and tells you, everybody buy silver. Silver is the new short. Move over GameStop. Buy silver. Silver is the army's next target. And we know that's a lie. Well, what did Kevin say? It's the YouTube channels. They can't have you listening to me proving them wrong. Let me show you something. If you actually just read the article and then search for the source material, you will easily see they're lying. But this is a really incredible article that seeks to smear those at Wall Street Bets. The Nation for those that aren't familiar, is a left-wing publication. They are trying to convince leftists not to support this uh, movement, Occupy Wall Street 2.0, whatever you want to call it. They say, we are now barreling into our third week of financial meme hell. Video game retailer GameStop's stock rose over a thousand percent after it was championed by the r slash Wall Street bet subreddit. The stock fell 30 percent on Monday, however, leading many to believe a crash may be imminent. What started as a half-serious Reddit campaign to rally around GameStop has ballooned into something much larger. Is this Occupy Wall Street 2? Or is this a second Gamergate? You see already where they're going. Are the Redditors that, that are leading the movement right now populist heroes? Or is this, as Elizabeth Warren has suggested, just a psychotic internet casino that is tearing the fabric of society apart? Mind you, Elizabeth Warren came out against Wall Street bets. What can't be denied is that a Reddit community was able to harness its scale to bend the market to its will. As a genie, you can't put back in the bottle. I'll agree with that. He goes on to mention that they make risky plays in the stock market. YOLOs, you only live once. That's what it means. Being unabashedly pro-capitalist, I don't necessarily agree with that. And lacking any sort of moral scruples, I don't agree with that either. Shkreli, who's considered the embodiment of Wall Street greed, thus makes for an excellent idol. A username. <laughs> I'm not going to read the usernames. Uh, you see what they're doing? People don't like Shkreli. You know, he's the farmer, bro. He's already trying to plant the seeds. He mentions they want to go long, blah, blah, blah. But let me show you this. He says, it's this two pronged attack that makes Wall Street bets uh, what they're doing right now so unique. It is collectively pumping, boosting the share price of stocks sorted by hedge funds while waging an information war. 4chan and Reddit pursued a similar strategy in 2016 in support of the Trump presidential campaign. These communities decentralized a political movement, rebuilding it to function better on huge social platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. What is happening around GameStop right now, however, is the first time this viral reality bending has been applied to something like the financial world at this scale. The GameStop pump, like Trumpism, QAnon, or Gamergate, is also a meme first and a political movement second. And ideologies born from the internet evolve like any other kind of internet content. All right. Well, it is a meme. But why compare it to Trumpism, QAnon, or Gamergate? Do you see the goal here? They are neg- It's negative association. 
They're the bad guys. They're the gamer gate. They're the far right. Bad, bad, bad. These are the bad things. Don't want to be with the bad things, right? And the nation publishes publishes this, and it's going to rally leftists to start abandoning the effort to target the hedge funds and stick it to Wall Street, much like what they did the first time around with the first Occupy Wall Street. There was unity around this anger targeting the big financial institutions. So they injected identity politics. Now they're injecting tribalism, Trumpism, QAnon, Gamergate. I'm going to tell you, man. Let me show you what he says. Wall Street bets users have also threatened, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep this light, to seriously harm, I'm, I'm not going to read it verbatim, reporters and Jewish people. Last week, the subreddit's main Discord server was shut down because of out-of-control racism and paranoid conspiracy theories. You see how the game works? Let me tell you the truth. Wall Street bets had a Discord server. This is where you can chat. And it was shut down for hate speech. Wall Street bets said, that first of all, it's against the rules to, to post hate speech. It is for posting about stocks and memes. And also, they had auto filters to remove certain words. But some people used Icelandic text that bypasses the filter so they could post hate speech. And then Discord used it as justification to ban them. Here's how the game is played. First, Twitter or some platform will ban someone and say, we ban them for hate speech. Then the news outlets will say, out of control racism and paranoid conspiracy theories. They will exacerbate the lie. They will push the lie. They will exaggerate. Now, he says they threaten to cause harm to reporters and Jewish people. So let me just pull up his source. And in this image, you can actually see, and I'm going to have to be, I'm going to have to, you know, (laughs) I'm going to have to censor some of this. But more importantly, this person saying, is anti-Semitism the driving force between GameStop short squeeze? Maybe not. This image that, you're, that we're, we're seeing, the ones you can actually see, it's 4chan. It's not Reddit. Reddit and 4chan are different websites. Why then did this individual writing this article claim that they're saying it's Wall Street bets users? Those image, that, that, that image I just showed you, 4chan, not Reddit. Do you see the lie? They're trying to associate this with bad things. They want people on the left to rally around a leftist tribal issue. You know, at the same time all this is happening, we're seeing Ocasio-Cortez do this big Instagram live stream deriding a police officer who came to save her from the rioters. And she's saying he didn't announce himself, he didn't have a partner, and she was scared, and he was angry at her. And it was just an all-around weird situation, but it really does feel like they that there are people desperately trying to manipulate your view and get you to stop thinking about Wall Street. Y'all, YouTube, they haven't given me any warnings or anything about pushing this. But when you see the nation try and push this story where they, they straight up lie, okay, I, I, I hope you looked at what I showed. That was an outright lie. That is not R slash Wall Street bets. Let me show you. This is what Wall Street bets looks like. Okay. It's silly meme filled with 8.2 million users. And what they showed you in that tweet claiming it was the Reddit was actually 4chan, a totally different website. Could it be this reporter is inept? I believe so. I think they got fired for, uh, you know, from, well, let's just say a lack of ethical journalism. I'll put it at that. That's in, in my opinion. They got fired from their previous job and now they're here writing for the nation. We can see at the media, members of the media, I, I got to tell you, man, I, I don't want to get too conspiratorial, but at least I can say that they're incompetent and they're liars. But some, but I got to tell you, part of this just feels like it's totally coordinated 
Because you take a look at this first image I showed you of the Bloomberg segment that says retail traders lose interest in GameStop. Emma Chandra, Bloomberg News. Is it possible this woman didn't even bother to look at Reddit to see what they were doing? I think so. So, you know, never attribute to malice that which can be explained by incompetence, Hanlon's razor. And I would say that this reporter, assuming it was her, she was who speaking, who, who was speaking and who did uh, made the Chiron, the lower third, uh, totally inept and should be fired from their job immediately. Whoever wrote that fired took two seconds to Google search Reddit. It took two seconds to type reddit.com enter and see the top post saying bye, 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 hold, hold, hold. And even Mark Cuban, look at this. Mark Cuban in a Reddit AMA on Tuesday advised amateur traders to hold their shares of GameStop. How have they lost interest when a day later Mark Cuban comes in and says, hold it, baby. Mark Cuban, of all people, they're lying to you. They want you to get they they want you to to abandon this. It's not going to work. Sorry. The left and the right both don't like uh, Wall Street. And it's a lot harder for the establishment machine to protect Wall Street than it is when it comes to politics. Look, Donald Trump lost. He got Ocean's 11. That's the way I explain it. Democrats and some Republicans set up a crazy amount of rule changes in the months leading up to the election. Mail-in voting was a huge benefit to the Democrats. Republicans weren't voting by mail. Democrats were. So a lot of people look at these mail dumps where it jumps like 95% for Joe Biden, and they say it's not possible. But dude, it is possible. It's because y'all got Ocean's 11. Let me explain. Cities tend to overwhelmingly be Democrat. Not only that, but Republicans don't vote by mail for the most part. So when you see a big, a large amount of ballots come in for Biden, it was because there were mail-in votes from cities. Now, we can talk about the rule changes in violation of, you know, the state legislature's desires, and that's where the actual suit comes in. The point is, not to go off on a tangent, that the media is lying and that's what they do. Okay, not to get derailed. What we're seeing now is a desperate attempt to target individuals, to target uh, people who aren't smart enough to follow what's going on, to trick them into selling out their stock and shutting it all down. It's kind of creepy, man. It, it is really, really creepy to see the New York Times call for a reality czar. No joke. It, why, don't, why don't they just call it the Ministry of Truth from uh, 1984? What do they say? They don't really describe the Ministry of Truth. Oh, okay, this is a book, the Ministry of Truth. But the Ministry of Truth was something in 1984. It's crazy, man. Wall Street Bets has found something truly powerful. And when you have both the left and the right in agreement on what the problem is, the media and the establishment struggles to figure out a way to actually shatter this. They did a good job with the first Occupy Wall Street. I don't think they will. uh, I don't think it'll work all that well this time around. But let me give you some examples. When they talk about a reality czar, let's step outside of the Wall Street bets for a second and talk about the real danger of giving the government this reality czar position. Not that it would necessarily have all that much power, but it is still dangerous. Check this out. You want to talk about a reality czar? Determine what's true? Sure. From the Daily Beast, Andrew Yang accuses MSNBC of suppressing him. Not going to take it. November 25th, 2019. All right. This is a year and a half ago or so. Andrew Yang running for president was was having his name and image removed by MSNBC and other outlets. Why? They didn't want him to run. He wasn't part of the club. You see how it works? The media was actively suppressing a very popular individual. I supported him in his early run. Not not, not as big of a fan uh, nowadays, you know, for the most part. But uh, there you go. 
More importantly, from the New York Post, how the media covered up the Hunter Biden story until after the election. The mainstream media, they're lying. They're lying about so much. Big tech, social media, they're suppressing information. Here's the challenge. With the Donald, the prominent Donald Trump subreddit on Reddit, they claimed that, oh, the Donald is gaming things. The Donald was already divided. Not not the Donald itself, but divided from everyone else. The people were divided. Not everybody likes Donald Trump. So when they needed to strike them down, they had about half of the support of the people. Because a lot of people said, I don't like Trump. I don't care if they censor him. That was a big mistake. Now many leftists are getting censored. But many of the left said, so what? It's a private platform. Ha ha. Bye bye. And so the Donald became its own website, the Donald.win, which is now Patriots.win. Today, it's Wall Street Bets. Well, Wall Street Bets is just a bunch of people posting memes about YOLO and dumping money into stocks. And it's a severe weakness for the establishment. And right now they are stripping value away from hedge funds and giving it back to regular working people. So the media is now approaching this in a multi-pronged attack. But people are united. The left and the right together all despise what the hedge funds do and what Wall Street does. There's a viral post now on Reddit just from a user, a self-post, like it's not even to a forum, where they're saying they believe that what's really going on is that these big funds have been counterfeiting stocks, essentially. And if they can't buy stocks to cover their game, their manipulation, then it all falls apart. And the SEC will be forced to intervene. And as they put said on Reddit, it'll be bigger than Enron. I'm not old enough to understand all, you know, too much about what Enron was and how that all went down. But they're saying it's going to be big. It's going to be biblical. And that's why all the stops are being pulled out. So let me ask you, when Mark Cuban comes out and says, hold, don't take advice from me. I don't know. I don't know anything about it. Mark Cuban, though, he's the man, isn't he? And he said, hold. I wonder why anyone would sell at this point. And I wonder how these journalists justify their lies. They can't. They're just straight up lying. One of my favorite articles ever from The Intercept, Glenn Greenwald, back when he was still at The Intercept from two years ago, beyond BuzzFeed, the 10 worst, most embarrassing U.S. media failures on the Trump-Russia story. It's not just 10. He goes through a bunch of stories where they had, they had to issue retractions. But at the end of the article, he actually issues honorable mentions. So let me see if I can get down. There's a lot. These are, these, are, these are amazing. All of these stories they put out claiming Trump and Russia and then retracted them. And then after the number one post, oh, this is great. This, this story was Trump Jr. was offered hacked documents via email, but they read the email date wrong. It was publicly available information. And then we go down and they say they have their, you know, on, dis- dishonorable mentions. Sorry, their dishonorable mentions. They add even more stories. They've got what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, uh, about 10 dishonorable mentions. And then a special mention giving Luis Mensch, a conspiracy theorist on Twitter, a platform to write about, you know, nonsense. This is one of my favorite articles because it's plain as day, and it's from The Intercept, a left-wing publication, and Glenn Greenwald. Now, I guess tribal leftists don't like Glenn Greenwald anyway, but the realignment is a real thing. If you find yourself questioning why the media and the establishment is smearing those at Wall Street Bets, which probably includes you, you need to understand the lies have been pervasive for some time. Oh, they'll tell you that I'm far right or whatever. That's absolutely not true. I'm actually pretty left on economic issues. I'm just very libertarian. So I find agreements with many conservatives so long as they're upholding libertarian positions. Though I'm not a big fan of conservative ink. 
And I, I think too many people right now, conservatives, they're ragging on like Jen, uh, Jen Psaki, the press secretary. And I'm like, why? They're like talking about her appearance and they're talking about her, her whether she can do her job and how, you know, uh, you know, uh, McEnany was was better. And I'm just like, I don't care. OK, look, I don't care about the press secretary. Jen Psaki can do what she wants to do. I don't know why everybody's ragging on her. It's, it's just it's just stupid. It's just really, really dumb. OK, if she lies, call her out for lying. If, if, Mac, if Kaylee McEnany was lying, you call her out for lying. But to, to rag on her simply for being a part of the Biden administration, I just think is dumb. And, 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 and beyond this, if Joe Biden does something good, I'm going to I'm going to say he did something good. All right. Not it's not really doing good things, though. So, you know, it's yet to be seen. It's still, you know, we're not even a month in yet. I digress. They're going to lie to you. They're going to get people to produce out of context clips to smear me, and they're going to do everything in their power to make sure that as my channel grows, they try and put stops and hurdles in the way. They don't want you watching this stuff because the media narrative is a lie. It's a lie. They want their realities are. They're lying. Now, don't get, don't, 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 don't get me wrong. I'm not always right. I just try my best. I try to be honest. And you'll need to get your news from a bunch of other people as well. But they're not just coming for the right. Although conservatives were getting the brunt of the censorship because of Trump, they're now coming for many of the leftists because the left is the bigger threat now to Joe Biden. They want to unify this monoculture around corporatist Democrats. That's what they want. They want it all to go back to the establishment elite. They don't like the idea of people having the ability to speak up, which means it's only a matter of time before they nuke my channels outright. No guarantees, my friends, but hopefully... I'm, I'm optimistic. I'll put it that way. I'm very optimistic. It seems that everything we're seeing just shows that the machine is falling apart and they're not going to be able, be able to maintain their stranglehold any longer. Our realities are. If the reality, if, if, if we were losing, then the realities are would not be necessary. The reality is we're winning. Be it left populist or right, just libertarian, we're winning. Now, be careful of those on the right and the left who would lie and pretend to be allies of, you know, populism. Those who would spread malicious conspiracy theories to trick you into believing garbage nonsense to throw you off your focus. Those on the left who would smear anybody who challenges the establishment as Trumpist or a Trumpism or a fascist or far right. They'll do the same to the left. They do it to Jimmy Dore. They do it to Glenn Greenwald. Don't believe the lies. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at youtube.com slash timcastirl. We will be live hanging out with, uh, I, I, I think, again, normally we don't announce guests, but I think Freedom Tunes is going to be on the show, so check it out. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. And don't forget to go to timcast.com, become a member, because it's only a matter of time, like I mentioned, before they nuke this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all tonight. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is truly gifted. One of the most talented people on the planet right now, and I mean this 100% literally, she may be one of the best people in terms of generating social media attention and press. And, and, and again, I, I mean this literally, she would probably be one of the best marketing individuals for any company trying to figure out how to maximize viewership. She is fantastic at this. It's why she rapidly gains followers. Now, in the political space, I don't respect it. I get it. This is what we're seeing now. The clapback, snapback politician that generates attention and donation through emotional plays, essentially just really good PR. Donald Trump 
was really, really good at this. Okay, he was really good at generating press for himself. The problem was it generated a ton of negative press with mainstream media. They saw as an opportunity to play to their audience. Orange man, bad. Trump is awful for a variety of reasons. Now, Trump deserves a lot of criticism. No joke. But Trump didn't deserve a lot of the fake news. Well, I'm sorry. Trump didn't deserve any of the fake news and the lies and the smears and the exaggerations. But Trump, in many ways, he did bring it upon himself. Yeah, I know. Here I am blaming the victim. Oh, poor Donald Trump. Trump learned early on about how to game the media. I mean, I mean, early. Well, probably before I was alive. But but in his in, in his presidency, when he was running, he knew how to generate free press. I think the estimate was five billion dollars in free press for Donald Trump. We're now seeing a story this morning, a viral trend. Strangely, Michael Tracy, uh, journalist, I, I, I think Michael Tracy is great. I uh, had him on the IRL podcast uh, once. I think he's a good dude. And he's trending nationwide at number 10, which is odd for him, because he criticized AOC for using emotionally manipulative uh, content, essentially. Well, look, I'll put it this way. Right here, here's, here's the story we have that's going viral so you can get an understanding of what's going on. Ocasio-Cortez describes hiding in her bathroom during riot, questions whether officer purposefully put her at risk. I listened to her story, and I can respect that she was terrified. And I've been in many extremely dangerous situations where I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if my life is at risk. And it really is hard to drive that emotion that you felt to another person to explain the story because they just won't get it. They weren't there. They just won't get it. I will say the weird thing is how she kind of derides this officer who actually tried to save her life. That's what I don't get. She, she makes it seem like this officer was scary and angry and coming at her. Is that because the left has just a natural predisposition against police officers? Because this Capitol, so long, I'll give you the long story short. Capitol police officer comes into her office and says, you need to go and get to another building. And she actually says he was scaring her and was angry. It's like, why, why, why would you do that? Like this cop saved you. He's risking his life. A, co- a Capitol officer died in these riots. The people riding through these buildings were, were doing were Many of them were crazy. A lot of them were befuddled and bewildered. I digress. Listen, here's my point. I'm, I'll, I'll show you the latest uh, a bit of AOC drama, I suppose, and fully admit before we can get started. We're trapped in this whirlpool, my friends. We are being sucked into the cyclone of AOC's ability to dominate the media. Right now, as most of you know, the story I really care about is the GameStop rebellion because I've been covering it incessantly. But I also must admit to myself, there's only so much I can say in one day. And as much as I want to make sure everyone's focused on what's happening with eight plus million people trying to short squeeze out hedge funds and stick it to Wall Street, at a certain point, we got to chill, let let, let the news cycle carry on. But I can talk to you about the tactics of political and emotional manipulation and what people are saying about Michael Tracy, tribalism, agitprop, etc. Let me read you the story first and talk about what's going on with AOC. The Daily Caller reports, Democratic New York Rep Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez questioned Monday whether a Capitol Police officer purposefully put her at risk during the Capitol riot. The New York Democrat took to Instagram Live to discuss her experiences during the January 6th rioting. When rioters supporting President Donald Trump stormed the U.S. Capitol, committing acts of vandalism and postponing the certification of the 2020 Electoral College results as members of Congress were forced to evacuate the building. Hide, hide, run and hide. Ocasio-Cortez recalled one of her staffers telling her. After hearing loud banging on her office door, Ocasio-Cortez said she hid in her bathroom 
as she braced herself for her office to be breached. A man broke into her office. She said she could hear him yelling before and after he entered. Where is she? Where is she? I thought I was going to die, Ocasio-Cortez said. I have never been quieter in my entire life. Justice Democrats put out a clip of this video. Her staffer, G, then told her that it was safe to come out, she said, and she found that the man who had burst into her office was actually a Capitol Police officer, who she described as a white man in a black beanie. She described the officer's attitude as seemingly full of anger and hostility. It didn't feel right, she said, because he was looking at me with a tremendous amount of anger and hostility. Things weren't adding up. There was no partner there. He wasn't yelling, this is Capitol Police, this is Capitol Police. And he was looking at me in all of this anger and hostility, Ocasio-Cortez said. I do not fault AOC for being scared. And a lot of people are trying to drag her saying, you know, targeting her for emotional reasons, whatever. No, I don't care. Look, AOC clearly does not have the, uh, um, what's the right word? I'm, 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 I'm trying not to be disrespectful, but let's just be honest. She doesn't have the strength or fortitude of will to properly handle a situation like this that is not meant to be disrespectful to her. I don't expect her to be a war veteran who's experienced crisis, and I don't expect her to be someone who gripped, uh, who, who's hardened from the from our inner city streets. AOC lived, I guess she was like upstate New York in the Bronx, not the worst places in the world. I'm sure she has a general understanding of some kind of, you know, what, what the street life can be like or whatever, but she is absolutely soft. Again, I'm not saying this to be mean. Okay, come on. Like, I'm not going to we're not going to sit here and pretend that AOC is is, is, is a combat veteran who, or, or who has hostile environment training. So when she hears a bang on the door, she gets terrified. I can respect that. Not everybody is a soldier. And that's why we have warriors. And that's why we respect soldiers, because they're the ones who have the who have the strength of will and the, and the, and the confidence. It's not even about it. Look, so I'll tell you this. Firefighters, cops, uh, sol- soldiers, you know, combat or otherwise medics, they get scared too. But the difference t- between being a coward and being brave is not whether or not you're scared, it's whether or not you overcome the fear. AOC was able to get out of the situation and she was terrified of these police officers. Now, I will be critical in, 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 in some respect. I think that we need to have, uh, look, I, there's a reason I'm a fan of Tulsi Gabbard. She is a major in the National Guard. Plus, she's been just doing really, really awesome stuff in the past, you know, uh, couple of mo- a couple of weeks past month, she called out John Brennan and Adam Schiff as domestic enemies. And I'm just like, keep talking. <laughs> I like it. But she's a major in the National Guard. I, I, I don't think she would be freaking out the situation. I don't want leaders in this country who are soft wads of cookie dough. OK, I want people who are carved from stone. Now, I recognize sometimes eh, politicians are politicians, politicians, are not warriors. You're going to get what you're going to get. But to criticize the police, this is what really drive, gets me with the story. A Capitol police officer rushed to your aid to help you escape as the rioters were breaking through the building. Why is your story about the cop deriding him? I'll also stress. Look, I don't I, I, I almost just God, I don't care. OK, I don't care. Do you care? I mean, how many people didn't even click this because they're like, so what? AOC, here we go again. You know, but but like I said, this is this is the current big trending story that I think having, you know, breaking down and providing some context on would be relevant. And I want to make sure I stress now is not the time, guys. AOC, now is not the time to be dragging her and insulting her, which is why I'm trying my best to to be critical in some degree. But while respecting her, her fear of what was going on, I can certainly understand never being, you know, the, the, the first time I was in a situation where someone pulled out a gun, I was actually 
kind of young, so maybe I don't wouldn't have the same reaction as someone who's 30, who's never experienced a real conflict or crisis. I can respect that she was probably having a massive adrenaline spike. I can. And I would simply ask the left and AOC, y'all, can we focus on the GameStop stuff and like not make viral trends out of arguing over whether or not this cop was full of anger or whatnot? It is what it is. There's only so much I can do. But Personally, I do feel that talking about what, what this, this viral trend is an opportunity to kind of re-inject that narrative and to make sure you keep focused on what's happening with, with Wall Street, the hedge funds, because this, this is where there's unity. Okay, you know what? I'm going to stop. I'm going to go harder on AOC right now because I believe that what she's doing is one of the most dangerous things for, uh, for this country right now. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe it's actually not. Maybe it's act- what she's what she's doing in redirecting everyone's anger towards her. It's actually really good for this country. You know, ignorance is bliss, they say, right? And if regular people don't freak out and don't go after the GameStop stock and AMC and the short sellers and squeeze out these hedge funds, the system will carry on as always. The hedge funds will make their billions. They'll strip the value from the working class. The massive transfer of wealth will continue, and eventually it will lead to destabilization. It's possible that the GameStop rebellion could knock out a lot of these hedge funds, cause a massive SEC investigation, and then result in total destabilization. But maybe that's the right thing that needs to happen because it's called accountability. So long as AOC keeps making the viral trends about herself, it's great for her career, mind you. So, hey, man, you got to respect the hustle. But how, how are we supposed to focus on the things that matter when you have people like AOC manipulating you? And, and, and let me give a message to those leftists who, who do watch these videos, especially the ones who want to clip this stuff out of context. Would you be willing to forego what we're seeing right now as regular people rise up to challenge the hedge funds because you would prefer to talk about AOC snapping back at the haters and the haters snapping back at Michael Tracy? I wish we could keep the focus on that stuff. And that's my criticism of AOC. She derails the conversation. We are having a, it's, 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 we're having a very important discussion about this country. We have the likes of Kyle Kalinsky and Crystal Ball and Rashida Tlaib agreeing with the likes of the, the Patriots.win, the former Donald Trump subreddit and Donald Trump Jr. and Mike Cernovich and conservatives all sitting there looking at each other saying, you know what? We got something bigger going on. And AOC steps in immediately. And what does she do? She claims that, you know, Ted Cruz was trying to have her murder. Check this out. Rep Chip Roy calls on AOC to apologize for tweeting Cruz almost had me murdered. This was this, this is my criticism of Ocasio-Cortez. She's too good at what she does. I, I, I know you're like, Tim, stop. No, no, listen, listen. She is probably one of the best marketing people I've ever seen. We have this this grand moment where Ted Cruz. So, so uh, let me slow down. Here's what happens. The GameStop thing is happening. AOC tweets, uh, I wish it was a stronger statement, but I'll give her respect for calling it out saying, you know, Robin Hood suspended trading, you know, I'll call a hearing if necessary. If necessary, no, call a hearing. Okay, now there's going to be a hearing. We don't need if necessary. We we need you to do it. But I do appreciate her, her calling it out, right? Ted Cruz responds saying fully agree. And she responds taking everything about this grand moment where the left and the right are unified and targeting the hedge funds and Wall Street and the corrupt elites who are stripping away the value from the working class. And she says, you almost had me murdered. Boom, like that. Many on the left and the establishment who don't want to see Wall Street hurt and they want the game to continue because they're taking from you. Many of these people shifted their their eyes from the GameStop rebellion to AOC. She is a master. 
of, 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 of gaining that uh, uh, attention and taking it away from things that are, are more deserving and more important, which is why it's so fascinating to see that yesterday she does this stream. It's 1.4 million views or whatever, where she talks about what happened. Of course, she's absolutely allowed to. And like I said, you got to respect the hustle. Some people just have the ability to get the eyes on them. And she certainly has it. She has it in spades. And it's a problem for us. If we're easily distracted by uh, tabloid style news, well, then we're not going to actually solve any of these problems. It breaks my heart a little bit because it, ma- it, it makes me feel like maybe we can't. Maybe people prefer drama of, you know, Michael Tracy and AOC and Ted Cruz than talking about what really matters. AOC certainly does. I'm not trying to be mean to her. You know, I have disagreements and I don't like what she does. Right. And I think it's fair to point out when she comes out and she does these videos talking about herself all the time and she does it all the time. It shifts the focus to her. She gains more followers. Yeah, that is that is that. Look, she has given you a master class in being a politician. It's the last thing we need. I remember the days of Occupy Wall Street and how identity politics destroyed what should have been a class war by, ma- by making it an identity war. It was brilliant on the part of the establishment. People came down activists and started telling the white people they were wrong and weren't allowed to speak. And that disrupted the effort. In the end, some some banks moved money to credit uh, to credit unions. A lot of people moved money to credit unions. It was a big boost for nonprofit banking institutions, credit unions. But it could have been more. People were holding up signs challenging the big banks and the establishment that strips your value. There's a theory going around right now on Reddit where they're talking about GameStop and they're saying what they think is happening. And I'll give you the very simple layman's terms is that these hedge funds have been illegally selling stock that doesn't exist, essentially counterfeiting, to put it simply, and that if the GameStop people continue to hold, they will expose all of these institutions triggering an SEC investigation and people may go to jail. That's only if people stay focused on it. What breaks my heart is that it looks like people just want the tribal warfare. They want the, the video of, you know, AOC and Ted Cruz and AOC tweets about Ted Cruz and murder. And, and these people just eat it all up. They, they, they don't care. I guess the drama is more fun. Life is boring. It breaks my heart. Let me show you something. Here's a tweet from me. I said, wow, Michael Tracy trending number 10 in the US. Y'all must be bored. There's a huge snowstorm. Go sledding or make snow angels. The trending tab says, Michael Tracy, uh, journalist Michael Tracy's tweet sparks controversy for referencing emotional manipulation in describing the content of Ocasio-Cortez's Instagram Live. And he actually said, this is a masterclass in emotional manipulation, a genuine political uh, uh, rhetorical skill. Gotta hand it to her. I I 100% agree. I've basically been agreeing with him the entirety of this, uh, this segment. And they went after him for it. Well, Maybe I wouldn't say manipulation. I think AOC just has it naturally. I don't think she decided to do a video because she wanted to divert eyes from GameStop or that she wanted to, to uh, she planned it out. There, there are some people who just do it. You know, they, they know how to make content. They know how to speak. They know how to generate attention. And from this, you see personalities rise. Michael Tracy himself, a journalist, knows how to generate attention. And he does it through journalism. He's also fairly like anti-woke and and, and heterodox. He's not conservative in any capacity. Obviously, you can say, I know how to generate attention as well. And a lot of people don't like it. They say, oh, certain words are put in caps or whatever. Hey, look, man, it's all about an attention economy. I guess the main issue for me is that AOC is doing this in a political space. And in, in my opinion, the political space should probably chill out and be about 
people coming together, sitting down and having conversations to solve our problems. AOC, along with Trump, have turned it into a TV drama. Well, Michael Tracy gets gets uh, uh, roasted. And uh, I don't even think this is the the, the main tweet, but he he, he, uh, he kind of went to town. He got one where he got ratioed like 20. Here we go. OK, so this is this is a tweet Two, uh, 2,700 responses and 1,100 uh, retweets. That's called a ratio, my friends. Let me point something out. It's not the biggest ratio we've ever seen. I've been ratioed harder than that. Not in a bad way, though. I once tweeted a poll. Who do you trust more, the mainstream media or the government? And I got 20,000 responses from people like, nah. All right. Let me just show you this final piece. Obsessing over AOC only boosts your profile and her terrible ideas. From the New York Post yesterday. And this is from, I believe, before she did the stream. This is from Carol Markowitz. Markowitz. What will it take for Republicans to stop putting a socialist lawmaker in the spotlight, either by lamely attempting to cooperate with her or succumbing to the temptation to savage her inane online effusions or both, and thereby helping boost her profile? Last week, in the midst of GameStop mania, Senator Ted Cruz retweeted, uh, uh, retweeted AOC saying, I agree. It wasn't the first time Ted Cruz had gone out of his way to signal his agreement with AOC. In May 2019, Cruz signaled his concurrence with her call for a lifetime ban on lawmakers from becoming lobbyists. Here's something I don't say often, Cruz tweeted. On this point, I agree with AOC. Indeed, I have long called for a lifetime ban on former members of Congress becoming lobbyists. The swamp would hate it, but perhaps a chance for some bipartisan cooperation. And the pair did cooperate, working on a bill together that went nowhere. It's unfortunate, mind you. This time, though, she body slammed Cruz in response. I am happy to work with Republicans on the issue where there's common ground. But you, Cruz, almost had me murdered three weeks ago. So you can sit this one out. Happy to work with almost any other GOP member. This was crazy to me. We have part, we have bipartisan unity, a nonpartisan issue where Ted Cruz and AOC, who should not be getting along, had an opportunity to say, at least on this, we agree. And I saw tons of high profile left wing personalities just start, start tweeting at her like slay queen and you get them. And I'm like, is that what you're worried about? Look, Ted Cruz has his problems. But Ted Cruz is, is a cog in the machine, same as AOC. Can we focus on the bigger issues at play? Apparently we can't. And this is what, what really depresses me in all of this. Maybe we are just self-obsessed drama queens who would prefer to hear AOC and Ted Cruz slap back, snap back at each other instead of dealing with the actual problems that are affecting our country. And there you go. They say Cruz was understandably outraged, but what did he expect? Ocasio-Cortez is pointedly not a friend of anyone on the right. She's barely even a friend of Democrats. She's in the House to be outraged and to be outrageous. She's a self-described democratic socialist. Her purpose is to destroy the Ted Cruz's of this world and everything they stand for. So why is he even bothering? You see, here's the problem. I will, I will try to be respectful to AOC, but she will not return that. She will then say, I should not be respectful to people who tried to have me murdered, you know, put her hands on her hips. If there's no communicating with the likes of AOC and the Democratic Socialists and the squad, if there's no likes of actually negotiating on something we can agree with when we're clearly staring down the barrel of the, of the GameStop rebellion, an opportunity to actually have something done, or I should say the barrel of disrupting it, AOC derails and derails and derails. When will the left realize she is poisoning their chance to actually have meaningful change? My props to Rashida Tlaib who said no new national security powers and who called out Robin Hood. I think Rashida Tlaib is substantially more legit. Actually, I'll put it this way. I think Rashida Tlaib has bad opinions most of the time. And I don't like when she yelled impeach the MFR. But I think she's legit. 
I mean it. I absolutely do. I think she believes what she says. I think she's there for because she wants to, she, to demand change for the things she's, she, she wants. I don't agree with the changes she wants, but I can respect her in her and what I believe to be, for the most part, for now, I can say this, seems to be genuine. And I respect it 100%. And where we agree, I will thank, respect, and ask her to continue and carry on. Rachida Tlaib, please get these hearings. I know they're going to happen. And, and challenge those who try and expand federal national security powers. And I will give you all the respect in the world for these moves. And I will criticize you when I disagree with you. I respect it. AOC has continually just made it about herself. And that's why she's going to keep succeeding at it, because she knows the game better than anyone. And now the left is going to these tribal leftists will pull clips out of this segment and they'll pull out of context and they'll try to whip you up into tribal rage so that you hate me, so that you hate other conservatives. Meanwhile, we're all desperately begging you to focus on what's happening with the hedge funds. It's the opportunity for Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump supporters to completely agree for Donald Trump Jr. and Rashida Tlaib to completely agree on this issue, not anything else. But shouldn't that be enough to bring us together? We are facing a very serious conflict in this country. People are fighting in the streets. People have been killed in many different circumstances. And we do not want a massive outbreak of civil unrest, civil conflict, or even civil war. We want to find a way we can come together. And after we, we, we unify around this common enemy, the crony establishment that is stripping the value from the working class, and, and listen, about to send them to go live out in the streets because they won't get the $2,000 stimulus checkout. Biden won't do it. We have to deal with AOC. I don't care if you like her, but now's not the time. So listen, let's just be straight with y'all. I mentioned this earlier. There's only so many videos I can make about GameStop and what's currently happening. I can just tell you and remind you it exists, but I will make sure to bring it up at, at, at every chance and point out, while this may be the big drama and it's what people want to hear about, I will use this as an opportunity to explain to you why it should not be what you want to hear about. And I hope you're focused on the real battle. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. This may be the end of the GameStop rebellion. As GameStop stock tanks, the trading is halted for a brief period, and now we are learning of the greatest casualty yet. Dave Portnoy of Barstool Sports has tweeted, I have officially sold all my meme stocks. I lost 700K-ish. Vlad and company stole it from me and should be in jail. Well, he's not entirely wrong. You see, when all of these systems, all these trading platforms shut down the ability to buy, the only path for GameStop was to go down. AMC, go down. All these stocks could only go down because people couldn't buy. Demand was destroyed outright. But it's not Robinhood. Sort of. It is the DTCC or the NSCC. They are self-regulatory agencies. They're private companies, I guess, that kind of regulate themselves, whatever that's supposed to mean. Not a big stock guy. Don't take advice from me. You can clearly tell I don't know a whole lot about how the system works. But the market seemed to have been artificially destroyed. And now we're getting news that in other countries, there's a, a company called Stake and one called Revolut, and they've suspended trading as well. The machine is fighting back. But my friends, it may not be over. I said it may be the end. You know, seeing, seeing Dave Portnoy bail out, people are calling him paper hands. I mean, I, I don't know the, what that means other than diamond means you don't sell and paper means you've sold. But I, I couldn't believe it when I saw that. I mean, Dave Portnoy would just decide to sell out and lose 700 grand. Why? I, I, I guess he couldn't take the heat. 
Some people are asking if it was a bait post. I don't think someone as high profile as Dave Portnoy would lie about these stocks because there are ramifications to manipulating the market by like lying about what's really going on. Like if you told someone you didn't have stock when you really did and then made some moves after the fact, I don't think he's lying. I think he's I think he's being honest. I think I think maybe he's seen that the system is rigged and you can't win. And uh, that may be the case. But as of right now, in fact, there are still one million active people on Wall Street bets saying it ain't over. Interestingly, many are showing charts comparing the short squeeze now to the Volkswagen short squeeze back in 2000. I believe it was 2008. And if they track similarly, they're saying GameStop and AMC should skyrocket in the next coming days. Because when this happened with Volkswagen, it went up really, really high. Everyone freaked out. It fell down, went up, and then fell down hard, and then skyrocketed straight to the top. What they're saying is, you are going to see the machine react predictably. Did you see? I, I, I'm sorry. I did. Every single segment was talking about the media manipulation yesterday. Yesterday, what we saw was, was insane. You'd Google search silver and Reddit and see nothing but stories about how Reddit was saying to buy silver, but they weren't. You see, this is the beast, the machine desperate to protect itself. One of the things it's doing right now, shutting down the ability to buy across the board. Even right now on Robinhood, trading is still restricted. So let me show you what's going on with this news. I'm not saying it's over because, uh, and full disclosure, I don't have any GameStop or AMC. I did buy Nokia because I like Nokia stock and I like technology companies. I'm not in GameStop and AMC and GameStop really is the big, the, the big one. I never bought into it just because it's not a market that makes sense for me to buy stock in. And truth be told, I'm not buying stock to target hedge funds. I'm telling you what you know, other people are doing. And additionally, I don't want to be involved at that level. But I, do, I did buy Nokia because I saw a report that Nokia would do well. I like the, 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 the memes. I like the, the durability. I mean, truth be told, and I like technology. So that's my full disclosure. But I want, I want to read for you what's going on now, and I want to show you that uh, Wall Street Bets is not giving up. Before we get started, however, head over to TimCast.com, sign up, become a member, because uh, <laughs> do you see how, how, how they're pulling out all the stops? Do you see how the media is manipulating? Do you think the powerful elites who own these corporations, the Wall Street Bets, uh, not, not the, 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 uh, the Reddit, but the bets made by these big Wall Street elites to short a company? Do you think they're going to sit back and just let someone like me expose them and call them out? I'm going to go ahead and say no. You see, they can control the narrative at corporate media because they have a bunch of morons who write whatever they're told. A show like this and my podcast, uh, we ain't got no bosses. I can say whatever I want. For the most part, YouTube will still censor me for certain things, but I can call out Wall Street. That ain't illegal and that ain't hate speech. But I think there will be a coordinated effort and they'll come after me. And that's why we set up TimCast.com so that we can challenge the system, call these things out. And in the worst case scenario, they can knock out my social media presence. But we still have TimCast.com and we're expanding. We're going to be doing more brands and growing this company to make sure it doesn't happen. I can't imagine they'll be happy with that. Go to TimCast.com, become a member, and there are exclusive podcasts. I'm talking like 20 to 45-minute podcasts if you really like the content and you want more. We just did one talking about Tony Robbins calling out COVID, Luke getting catfished, and a, and a bonus 45-minute episode about Epstein, TimCast.com. Here's the first in, in, in important news from Reuters. GameStop trading resumes after brief halt as shares tumble. They reported 
Shares of video game retailer GameStop Corp resumed trading on the New York Stock Exchange after being briefly halted following a 42% slump when the markets opened on Tuesday. The stock has been at the heart of a battle between amateur investors and Wall Street hedge funds. They say it was last down 49% at 1.15. Now, Dave Portnoy bailed out. This surprised me because Portnoy is, what's the right word? Um, He's seemingly of strong mental fortitude, and uh, he, he comes across as the kind of guy who would light his shares on fire, at least I thought, before giving in and giving up. But I guess I was wrong. And maybe I'm more that kind of person. Look, I mentioned I bought Nokia. I'm not going to sell. I, <laughs> I don't know what the point is of buying it because I'm not, I don't buy stocks and make money off them. I buy them when I like the companies, and that's it. It feels good to have, you know, some some stock in in a tech company. That's it. If it goes up, and I mean this sincerely, 100%, no joke, I'm not going to sell it. You know, I, I've done this before. I'll buy stock and I'll ignore it. And if the stock goes to zero, I'll just be like, oh, that was fun. And I'll put it on the, you know, I'll get a physical copy and just be like, hey, look, I bought that that one time. For me, I, I think the whole idea of betting on the market is dumb. Now, you know, far be it for me to criticize y'all at Wall Street bets, but that's the point they're making. They're treating the Wall Street like a casino, being very critical of it. We'll see if this carries on. If the if the 8.2 million readers with 1 million active right now, that's insane, refuse to back down because they are rallying and saying, don't do, don't sell, then I think they could still win. Here's Here's what's going on. They're calling this a short ladder attack, the opening attack. So let me see if I can, I can show you this graphic. So we have this image right here. Let me try and uh, zoom in and show you. This is what Wall Street Bets is saying about the attack. They say 333,000 shares batch sold at 316 on February 1st. At the same time, it happened twice, apparently, this massive drop. They say, here's another attack. 8,098 shares batch sold at 285 February 1st, shortly after. What they're saying, now we saw stop loss triggered. What they're saying is that these hedge funds, are trading between each other at lower and lower rates. So it makes the price go down. And then people like Dave Portnoy panic and sell all of their stocks. Again, I mean, some people thought he wasn't being serious because you only lose if you sell. And with 1 million people active right now out of a community of 8 million saying, buy, 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 buy. Why would you sell? That seems crazy to me. Don't look, don't don't take advice from me though. I didn't buy any of the GameStop stuff. Okay. I'm, and I'm not a stock person. I can't give advice. Everybody says this because they don't want to get sued. That's why you'll see in every post. Some people don't get it. They'll, there'll be a post being like, here's exactly what's happening at the bottom. But ignore this. I'm a moron. Don't take advice from me. And they're like, oh, OK, then I will. What, what they're saying is you can't sue them or go after them if you make decisions based off what they say. That's why everybody does that. But truth be told, I, I, I don't have any of this stock. OK, here's the point. If one million people are still sitting there being told to buy and they're, they're talking about the Reddit CEO showing diamond hands. My 102-year-old grandmother bought GameStop. They're saying that there's no actual trade volume. That when you look at these, these, these stocks shifting, what you're actually seeing when they say here, Monday market opening attack, what they're actually saying is these companies desperately need you to sell your stock to them. So, and they need the price to go down so they can avoid losing money. But if you refuse to sell and just sit on it, they will not be able to deliver the shares they borrowed for the short and things get bad. Some have even suggested there could be an investigation. 
Let me show you how the mean, the machine is reacting, my friends. Understanding trading suspensions from hellostake.com. They say, we have just received notification. Our broker dealer in the US, Drive Wealth, will not be able to offer buys on GameStop, AMC, and Nokia due to increased capital requirements set by the DTC. Any buy orders on any of these symbols after Monday's close will automatically be canceled prior to market open Tuesday. To be clear, this is not a decision Stake has made. As Drive Wealth is our broker dealer, we can only reflect the securities they make available. As such, we are unable to confirm when this may change. If you'd like to understand more about the DTC and capital requirements, we've provided more information below. They say, when a stock is traded, it takes two days for the proceeds to go from the broker to the clearinghouse. This is known as a T plus two settlement. The clearinghouse requires the broker to front cash or capital guarantees to ensure funds are available through the settlement process. The required amount of capital guarantee is usually around 10 to 15% of the value of a securities holdings on brokers books. However, this percentage can vary based on stock volatility. In the case of the above symbols, the DTC has enforced an increase of 250% upon Drives Wealth clearing partners. So they're saying they want two and a half times what they actually need. How is that? that that's insane. Drive Wealth has decided not to take on the large capital risk that comes the significant increase. We'll update you if this changes. My friends, the game is rigged. Maybe that's why Portnoy bailed because he can see it. Maybe he's looking at what's going on and he's like, bro, they're never going to let this happen. They will never let this happen. But maybe he's wrong. Enough people can crash the system, I suppose. The price being dropped down. A lot of people are saying buy the dip on Wall Street bets. They're buying. And, and truth be told, if it were me, I'd buy. Um, I'm not telling you what to do. And I don't want to buy GameStop. But there are some tech stocks that I've seen. And it's like when they go down, I'm like, I'll buy. Notably Bitcoin. Uh, I bought Bitcoin. It went down a little bit. I was like, screw it. And I bought more. I'm like, I can get it even cheaper. That's great. When you let, let's say you buy a stock at like 10 bucks. Here's the way I look at it. Maybe I'm stupid. You buy it, you, you buy it, you buy it 10 bucks. And then the stock falls down to five bucks. The way I see it is, okay, it's at five, but if I buy more now, then I average out the sh- my share costs to 750 or lower, depending on how much you buy. So essentially, you can, e- you can kind of erase that higher buy-in by buying more if you believe in the stock. Ultimately, I think what we're seeing is, uh, an, an, well, I, I don't want to give advice. Okay, I, I don't know anything about stocks, but Mark Cuban has actually uh, done an AMA. This is interesting. Mark Cuban jumping on to do an AMA. So ask me anything. And he gave advice. I don't know if you can say Mark Cuban is a financial advisor, but someone said, what single piece of advice do you have for us to succeed in shaking this up? Keen the language simple for ape friends. Mark Cuban said, patience. Disruption is never easy or a straight line. Is what you believe uh, is what you believe in still true? If it is, stay with it. If it's not, figure out what changed, learn, learn from it, and reload for the next asset. As always, do the work. Assets, including stocks, move for a lot of different reasons. Trading stocks isn't easy. Trading crypto, NFT, whatever, isn't easy. None of this S is easy. You know what is? It's, uh, you know what, what it is? It's time consuming and brain consuming. And when you learn share, if you want to beat old school Wall Street, you have to share that knowledge and find power in numbers. Here's another important thing he says. Do you have any advice for people who have lost money the last few weeks and, and how to go on from this? Cuban says, 
I learned some expensive lessons when I first started trading stocks. It was painful, but I tried to learn what I got right and wrong. Right now, right here, the game is changing. The hard part is ask yourself, is what you believed in, if what you believed in has actually changed. BTC hodlers, which means hold on for dear life, is a great example to follow. Many bought at the highs in 2017 and watched it fall by two thirds or more, but they held on because they believed in the asset. The same applies to stocks. When I buy a stock, I make sure I know why I'm buying. Then I hold on for dear life until I learn that something has changed. The price may go up or down, but if I still believe in the logic that made me buy the asset, I don't sell. If something changed that I didn't expect, then I look at selling. So there you go. From Mark Cuban himself. I don't know if you can take his advice. Don't look at me. That's what he said. But the point he's making is when Bitcoin hit like 19K or whatever, a bunch of people took out loans and did crazy things buying it, thinking they'd get rich. A lot of people thought you were nuts because it was the top. The truth is the people who bought when it was really high, as long as they did not sell, they were fine. Unfortunately, some people bought at 19 and then watched it crash down to, I think it went down to like 7,000 or whatever. And they had lost more than half their money. Many of these people posted online and gave interviews saying, what have I done? I've given up my home. I've mortgaged my pro- you know, my property. And now I've lost everything. Some of these people were smart. And they were like, I don't care. I bought because I knew what I was buying. And they held on. And where's Bitcoin now? I think what's it like 35K? So they made their money back and then profited a decent amount, you know, 50, around 50 or so percent, a little bit more, actually, Uh, almost 100, actually. When it hit 40K, a lot of these people doubled their money. If they just believed in what they bought and held, then they would have won. They're listen on Wall Street Bets. They they have a, a post where they're talking about, did you think it would be easy? Did you think that the hedge funds and Wall Streets and billionaires with friends in government were just going to sit back and go, oh, no, we're going to lose all this money? Nah. So I wonder when I see Portnoy sell, I wonder why. I wonder why. I'm surprised to see he said he got rid of his meme stocks. Like some people, again, think it's a a lie, but I I just don't think he would lie about something like this because you can get in trouble. I don't know. Well, I mentioned that Hello, uh, Hello Steak, Steak is saying they can't sell, right? Check this out. Revolut blocks buying. Revolut is another uh, thing, uh, is another trading platform. It's the same thing. Trading update for GameStop and AMC. Unfortunately, our broker dealer DriveWealth can no longer offer buys. It's, it's basically the same message. So there it is. The game is rigged. And, and you know, look, maybe that's what Portnoy saw. It's, it's, it's rather horrifying, right? Because if, it, if, it's, if it's rigged to this degree... And we can all see it. We can see the media's lies. We can see the market manipulation. And then when the people rise up and legally fight back in in a financial way, they shut it down. They change the rules and they say, we're not going to let you in. And maybe that's why Portnoy bailed out. I want to read a little bit more of what Stake is saying so we can get a general understanding of what they're talking about with the the capital requirements. They say, as you can see, in highly volatile, volatile markets, capital requirements rise. When paired with increased trade volumes, as, rec- uh, as has recently been the case, many brokers have understandably not had the balance sheet flexibility to cater to the new requirements. Highly volatile stocks such as GME and AMC currently carry a 100% cash collateral requirement. All transactions are settled by the National Securities Clearing Corporation. Under normal circumstances, a DTC member is required to allocate a certain percentage of their balance sheet capital to settle such trades in advance with an SCC. During last Thursday's session, 
aggregate capital requirements rose from US 26 billion to US 33.5 billion across all brokerages. While DriveWealth was able to cater to new requirements, further increase has meant DriveWell is now obligated to restrict trading for GameStop and AMC. Each stock has its own capital requirement rather than a broke rather a broker-wide agreement. Restricting access to certain stocks allows a brokerage to stay operational and ensure that all customer assets are protected. Here's the crazy thing. I got an email from Robinhood, and they said that we, we did not shut down trading to protect hedge funds. We were forced to by the NSCC, a private corporation that has been given the power by the federal government to regulate certain things. And that's, it's, it's really that simple. The game is rigged and they won't let you win. But my friends, you can still win. I wonder. It, 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 all, has to, it all comes down to Wall Street, best to be completely honest. It's the, the, the prominent uh, personalities there. The, there's you know, many people who have gained uh, uh, influence in the community of now 8 million, the moderators. Now, they've said that they're not going to get off GameStop. They're taking GameStop to the moon. And it may be true. But here's the problem for the establishment. They can put these capital requirements on all these different stocks. But what happens when Wall Street bets just starts playing, you know, whack-a-mole? Okay, then we're going to call out a new stock every week and, and tell everyone that's what we're buying. And then they'll start massively driving up and wildly speculating. And they can target shorted stocks. They can keep doing it. Nothing will stop them. Well, then the system has to, what, freeze all the stocks? I'll tell you this, though. There is uh, one post I was reading on Wall Street Bets where they were like, what do you think this is? You know, a lot of people are activists. They're coming in thinking that this is their chance for some big activism. Truth be told, that's probably my slant on this one. It's one of the reasons why I don't want to buy. I want to be, you know, s- sort of outside of the GameStop thing as I, as I tell you about it. But they're saying this is Wall Street Bets. This is not investing. These are people who post Images of them losing hundreds of thousands of dollars because it makes people like excited. And it's funny, I guess, for the lulls. That's what they're saying. They're saying some people post their epic gains and their epic losses. Real investors and real traders, they invest in the safe stocks, the big companies that you know are doing well and will likely slowly go up. Smart bet. There are some uh, uh, I don't have a lot of money in the market at all. But I made one very, this is crazy, I made one very small investment years ago, and it paid off very, very well. And I look back thinking, man, I wish I, I, wish I invest way, invested way more money. Sometimes there are companies that are just obviously going to go up. Like, you know, I was reading something about in, investing in the S&P was, is more lucrative than anything Donald Trump could have done. If Donald Trump, I was reading something about if Donald Trump took his dad's million dollar loan and just put it in the market, he would have had a bigger return than, you know, running a bunch of businesses. I don't know if that's true or whatever. I was just reading. The point is, most people who invest, most firms are going to tell you to just play it safe and invest in the companies that are doing well and are big and are likely to continue doing well. Wall Street bets targets companies that are doing poorly like GameStop and then when it pays off, it pays off. There's a famous video of a dude who bought a bunch of mar- uh, um, he, he bought on margin, taking loans, essentially, to buy a bunch. He, he tried shorting Apple, I guess. And then Apple's uh, you know, report came out and it was positive. And then he just lost like 50 grand or whatever. That's a very famous moment in time. Here's what you need to know. Wall Street Bets is treating the market like a casino, making big gambles on, 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 on a bunch of stock. And it's disruptive. It is. The machine hates it. But at least for once, many people were able to strip value from a lot of these hedge funds. 
will they succeed? Well, according to multiple news reports, these hedge funds have already sold out their short positions, not maybe not all of them, but many of them, and, and took major losses like Melvin Capital, a 53% loss. That means a lot of the money people earned with their stock was from these hedge funds, but probably not all of it. It's hard to know when this will end. Some people are saying you need to hold out until at least February 17th because, you know, they're comparing this to the Volkswagen short squeeze. I don't know, man. I'm some dude on the internet who normally talks politics and, and the media. Can't tell you anything about stock. So don't listen to me. I, you know, you better go do your own research. So if I just had to say, it could be the end. I mean, trading is way down. And, and Dave Portnoy was like leading the charge on this, bailed out. Or maybe there's still 1 million people sitting here right now saying, nah, if 1 million people each put in 100 bucks, you dump 100 million bucks into that market instantly. That'd be crazy, right? We'll see how things play out. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then.